1: Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Housman. Come on in, take your shoes off, stop stop on by the living room, sit on down by the uh, fireplace, and join us here today as we talk some professional wrestling. And I am very happy to welcome into the house a brand new friend, somebody I met during WWE SummerSlam weekend. She got to watch me say and do a lot of dumb things around (coughs) professional wrestlers. And her new partner, Steve Fall, over at 10 Count Media, it is our good friend, Stephanie Hype. Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today.
2: Thank you for having me, Nick. And yes, you're right. It was very nice to meet you at SummerSlam weekend. Uh, I think you're wonderful
1: at what you do, and I'm glad to be on your show. I think you're wonderful, Stephanie, and <laughs> your your sheer ability to tolerate Steve Fall for long periods of time shows me the temerity, the dexterity <sighs> that you are bringing to the table here, Stephanie. You have to look. Everyone needs a balance, right? Everyone yeah. needs a balance.
2: So we balance each other out. Well, we make great partners. Well, He's great. He's funny. He's comical. He's everything. And then I'm just friendly and and happy and positive. And I just try and keep him on the ground
1: a little bit and well,
2: keep him straight. But that's
1: good. That's good. Because because <laughs> Steph, Steph, you know, Steve really is a Muppet. And we're gonna have him <laughs> on the show on Thursday. And everybody will get to see the Muppetness that is Steve Fall in. Living Color. And speaking of it, Living Color, if you're watching us in video form, you're watching us over on Premier Streaming Network. That's right. Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. Come on over to Premier Streaming Network. Me, a gaggle of good friends chatting all the things, uh, all the wonderful things in the world of professional wrestling, sometimes less than wonderful things in professional wrestling. And I'm trying to bring you guys as much interview content as possible. So for today, after Stephanie and I talk some pro wrestling news here, we are going to dive on into my conversation with Baron. Corbin from WWE NXT these days. I may remember him from the main roster. But me, Stephanie, and Baron Corbin. And of course, if you're liking House of Wrestling, head over to House of Wrestling.com, of Wrestling.com. Check out all the coverage of the stories we talk about here on the show today and some exclusives, which is what we're going to roll right into here today, Stephanie. Yes. Usually I recap them, but House of Wrestling, we found ourselves center focus of pro wrestling news yesterday. Let's dive on into it. So I woke up yesterday and I was immediately caught by some more CM Punk, the elite backstage AEW news. Uh, It started off on Saturday night after collision. CM Punk admittedly rocked from this main event. He goes out there. He sees somebody with a hangman page sign in the crowd. Uh, He (laughs) acknowledges the sign and then makes some kind of joke. I think the joke he wanted to make because he said something like, you know why they call him hangman because the pegs are always there and they're empty, which isn't really a joke. I think the joke he wanted to make was, you know why they call him Hangman Because his action figures, they always just hang there, man, right? That's the better joke. He didn't didn't just, he didn't really land the joke, right? He then attempted to land an elite GTS joke. Also failed. Doesn't matter. Bad comedy led to bad vibes because CM Punk then had everybody pissed off thinking he had reignited this uh, feud with Adam Page. Um, To note, or to wit, the Observer, they went out and said Page had been brought into Greensboro to cut a promo for Dynamite. He was going to do it at Collision. Instead, he was told to stay away from the arena, not to come to Collision. Matt Hardy was also told to not come to Collision. He had been booked and then unbooked, as was Isaiah Cassidy. And Christopher Daniels, also not allowed at the show. That wasn't all. We then went over to Fightful, who reported that Ryan Nimeth he, has, uh, he was also told he was not allowed to be a collision. He had actually arrived in the venue and was asked to leave. I said to myself, what is going on here? See a punk news. That's Nick Hausman's wheelhouse. We got to get to the bottom of this. So <laughs> I start pounding the phone, and I found out a couple things here, Stephanie. So we'll try to take these uh, one by one here to kick off the show. First of all, in regard to Christopher Daniels, I was most intrigued by this one because I was like, Christopher Daniels. I thought he was boys with Punk. Uh, apparently very much not. So what happened yeah. here was last year at the AEW all out media scrum where Punk went crazy. Afterwards, there was the altercation Punk, mm-hmm. Ace, Steel their dog, ACE's wife in the room. In come these guys, uh, very heated. And one of the guys that came through the door or was involved in the altercation was Christopher Daniels. Right now, Punk ah. is a Punk has held that against Daniels, um, but pr- maybe wouldn't have held it against him so much if AEW and the Elite had allowed Ace Steel, his good friend, back to work at AEW. But since Ace was rehired and not allowed backstage, Punk wanted his pound of flesh. So if my guy can't be backstage because he was involved in a fight, your guy, your guy, the head of talent relations, he's not allowed backstage at Collision either because I can't have Ace here. Steph, first of all, let's start there. How do you feel with the tit for tat here with Punk saying if Ace Steel can't be at collision then you know what your guy christopher daniels he's not allowed to be here either how do you feel about that one
2: nick i did the same way i feel about the whole situation i'm sorry this is like sounds like fucking high school over there like i don't know what we're doing i apologize i don't know if i can cuss or not but, but you can say whatever you uh, want. oh <laughs> i i just it, it's too much like I all for this one person you know you can't come you can't come you can't be here they all work for the same company the same company and 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 you this person can't be there you can't come you have to go film your your thing elsewhere like it's just too much it, and it's so childish to me uh you know obviously they felt a certain type of way about Christopher Daniels coming back versus his dude Ace and it is what it is like i i, I just it's just so childish. It's getting out of hand.
1: It is. Hand. It is. And you know, I I think what is happening here is, I, I just to be candid, I think the elite have been, I think the elite and Cabana have been playing these games with this guy Punk, and Punk yeah. is now deciding to play these games back at them in a yeah. sense of some kind of bewildered delirium, right? Let's say that, right? He's in a yeah. wonderlust right now, trying to find out how to navigate these waters, and he tried yeah. to, he tried to ignore everything and pretend like it was business as usual, and things got worse. Now that he's got his plot of land on Saturdays, it seems as if he's trying to use a lot of the same stuff that's been used against him back at the people he perceives as the per- as the people who made him feel that way. And, right. you know, I just I, – uh, I get it. I understand and haven't been in a position right now where you, you feel bullied, you want to push back, you want to make right, get your pound of flesh, whatever it may be. I think the issue here then, as soon as you start playing those games – you are playing those games, right? And now we are in a in a situation where you have two groups of people lobbying this thing back and forth. Now it right. would be very easy to tell Punk, "Hey, you're bigger than that. You're above that. Don't play these games." But it's hard to tell somebody to do that when they consistently see things in the news that they don't feel are accurate well, they, b- or that but, they're but, being both pushed groups around. Are, though Nick,
2: both your groups are
1: like, well, who started it though, Steph? Shit
0: because i think the answer is pretty obvious yeah uh, the
1: the answer is the elite and cabana or whoever was wanting to use cabana as a pawn because all of this all this goes back to the the spewing of rumors and innuendo around what issues punk may have had with cabana and what Mm -hmm. i think what i think may be happening here is well punk i i still stand by the idea that tony khan is the one who moved cabana away in an attempt to try to to make a situation between him and Punk not happen, not that Punk asked me to leave, but now Punk's saying, "If this is the way you guys want to act, this is the way you guys want to portray me, I'm just going to do it." Right? why? Why be it the victim? Bringing him back, though, was that they squashed all this? I thought that was the whole. No, 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 no. Squashed.
2: When I say squashed, you know what I mean. We're We're going to move on and move forward and sweep this under the rug, put it behind us, and move forward. But now it's just all getting brought back up again. And it's drama all over again.
1: It, it is it's never it is. going
2: to end as long as Punk's in that company. Yeah, or the elite, whoever decide. I don't know who. Maybe neither is going to leave, but this is going to constantly be an issue. Like they gave him a whole Saturday show away from all these people. Yeah, and in, I, in, and in terms of moving the, forward, the,
1: the vibe <laughs> that the vibe that I'm getting is Punk does not want people around that are going to cause that drama in collision. I think that he's decidedly putting a line in the sand, saying. I don't run the shop on Saturday nights the same way people do on Wednesday nights. And if you guys mm-hmm. want to act this way, I don't want you around. Right. Another person like that was Ryan Nimith, who had tweeted out um, not uh, earlier this year uh, after Punk's debut on Collision, calling him the softest man in the world. Actually, it was, I believe, a little before Collision. Punk yeah. then confronted Nimith about the tweet backstage at Dynamite on June 21st, asking him to say it to his face. Uh, now I, this is a amalgamation of things that I have heard versus what Dave has heard versus what Sean Ross Sapp has heard. So yeah. forgive me for trying to piece together all the details. <laughs> Neither me, Dave or Sean were in the room. Does sound like it was a very angry confrontational experience where punk got very close to, to, uh, Ryan Nimith's face. Um, Nimith did not want to say what he said on Twitter to punk's face. Uh, there was a, a comment about from Nimith about how he knew he was lower on the totem pole than punk to wit, right. punk responded saying yes i know that which is why i think you tweeted that trying to score points with your evp buddies which again punk saying wow if everybody thinks that they can get over in this company and win points by the executives by being a piece of shit to me then yeah. you know that's really not a great situation to be in um then uh these two after some heated words decide that there's no physical articulation that's going to happen Punk and Nimeth shake hands on a very odd note and leave things at that. And I was very bluntly told uh, that regardless of the handshake, uh, Punk does not want Nimith around knowing him as someone who has stirred the pot in the past with those kinds of comments online. Yeah. And, uh, and and so, yeah, again, it's just like if you've caused drama in CM Punk's life, he, he does not want to see you around. Now, I will say this. I have confirmed that Daniel's story, I have confirmed The Ryan Nimitz story. I have not been able to definitively say CM Punk had anything to do with Adam Page not being brought to the venue. And Dave Meltzer never said, never connected those things. Never did Sean Ross Sapp. It was one of those things that I felt like was teased with the intention of people drawing the conclusion that Punk had something to do with it. But just like the Cabana situation, I very much leave open the possibility Tony Khan... Wanting to avoid a situation. Asked him not to go. Maybe created one by asking him not to go. And same goes with Matt Hardy. For that matter. So there you go on those two issues.
2: I could see Tony Khan being the person. Who was like you know what. Just film elsewhere. Like I could see that. So he was just trying to avoid the situation. At the same time. Did Punk make the situation worse. By those comments post collision.
1: Yes. And that's and that's a very good point, because as was noted this morning on The Observer, um, there was some kind of an agreement where both sides weren't going to openly talk shit about each other when everybody came back to the table. Like whether or not they got along backstage or not, they were going to keep these shit talking about one another uh, to a to a zero was the hope. Yeah. Now, Punk in his uh, delirium here rocked, as he said, makes this comment about Hangman Page. I was told he felt very, very bad about this, more bad than people would anticipate. And I had heard he sent a text message to Adam Page apologizing for the situation. And that was confirmed this morning by Alvarez. So uh, Alvarez and Meltzer. So
2: this is, after- this is where I mean by he's just as guilty as the rest of them. Because Yes and no. I mean, there like- is. There's, He's stirring not, the yes. pot himself too. When
1: Adam Page didn't even do anything, so well, like, well, Adam Adam Page came to the ring and made the Cabana stuff public, right? Adam Page. Well, what yeah. I mean, I'm Adam about recently. Adam, sorry, recently. Well, I'm about to say Adam Page is not innocent in any of <laughs> oh, this. Oh no, 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 no. I'm you talking know. about recently, though. Like, yeah, but that he was asked is, to like, stay away. He stayed away. Punk you, still
2: made the comment because he saw
1: a sign. So I'm but, like. Yeah, but you got to remember, though, at the same time, Stephanie, like this is a guy who wants to put this behind him and sit down at the table. The other side has been unwilling to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And even in the days going into collision, we were seeing even more Adam Page CM punk stuff. And that was only about a month and a half ago. Right. So I I don't think it's fair to say that Adam has kept his powder dry in this situation. (laughs) And if he has there are other people around him that are looking to wetten it and bring his name back into the fold when it comes to CM Punk. So I'm trying real hard to see both sides of the situation here right now. I think you're absolutely right in the sense that it has become going back and forth and it is unhealthy. One side's going to have to step down. I know that there are, there are people trying to get the, all these guys in one room to work this out right now, but I really don't think, I don't think that the elite will come to the table and try to make this right with punk until punk leaves. I think that they want him gone. I think that little backstage, anything punk does backstage that they don't like, will find its way to Meltzer. And we will. and like, again, they don't have to publicly say anything. They have their ways of getting their messaging out. And I think they want this guy gone. I think that they want, they, 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 they don't want to make punk's life easy. They don't like punk. They don't like the way punk does things. And mm-hmm. they are going to try to make his life hard and miserable and make him unhappy. And I think they want him to leave. They just signed contracts for multi-years. Punk does not have multi-years left on his AEW contract. I, I know that. They're
2: gonna they're gonna write this out until he's done. Yeah, they they I know think... he has less years than they do. They're gonna I just write got... it out and do this tit for tat back and forth behind the scenes, to your point, sneaking their messages off to whoever they want to do. It's just gonna go on back and forth, literally until Punk is done.
1: Yeah, I just don't see it happening. I I believe Punk has about a year left on his contract. The Bucks probably have three, and my guess is that they signed with the intention of saying, we are not going to try to make peace with CM Punk. We are going to try to keep this as awkward and uncomfortable as possible for CM Punk so that he leaves. And if you're Tony Khan, and you're trying to get this billion dollar bag from Warner (laughs) Brothers Discovery, I don't really know that I appreciate people within the company trying to run off somebody that is making the company so much money. Like I don't understand Tony's mindset (sighs) and all this or inability to control his locker room and get people on the same page. You're the boss. You control the, you control the paychecks. You control that locker room. And if you don't, then I really don't know what is going on there. Like for every time I think that that company is making two steps forward, it's really a three steps back thing. When Collision launched and I saw the success of it all and I saw the balancing act he was trying to do and the yeah. direction they were moving, I I was very optimistic about where Tony Khan was taking things. I have become less optimistic here in the last couple <laughs> weeks, just to be honest. It's a bit of a shit I, show from everything so, I hear back there.
2: I hate comparing anyone to Vince because, you know, Vince is fucked uh, for a lot of things. But the way he ran things, he seemed like a boss. Like there were just things he would just not tolerate, or whatever it might be. I don't know. I feel like Tony Connie's girl backbone. I, I don't because I feel like people were running him. Does that make sense? Like I feel like he's going, okay, let me just. She's trying to make both parties happy. To your point, you know, Punk draw is a draw. He he draws numbers. He draws views. Like he. So I get on Tony Khan's part. He he has investment in punk for four reasons, right? Then you have investments in the elite for reasons. I think he's at the point now where he's just trying to keep everybody at bay. And he's trying to do, I feel like he's trying to do it all on his own. And it's like he's like just trying to keep everybody at bay in their corners. Like, okay, guys, to your like to your point, we don't know for sure, obviously, who asked Adam to stay away, but I'm assuming it's Tony Khan, right? Like he's just trying to keep everybody at bay at this point and I feel like he's just kind of putting small trickles of water on an oil fire if that makes sense like it's just it's just it's going to blow up again at some point like the way it's going right now it's going to blow up again like either he needs to put his foot down and, and do a Vince thing and just be like look like you're out like to whoever I don't know who it is but I think he's too afraid to do that because they're both very popular in his company. And so I kind of get why he doesn't. But I, I don't know. I-, I don't know. It's like he has small leashes on everybody and it they're they're about to break away from him constantly.
1: It, it is the most common refrain I hear from a lot of talent there that are frustrated. It's just Tony just doesn't seem to have his hands on everything, right? He just doesn't seem to be able to grasp the locker room fully to get people to work together or listen to him or, or just storylines, right? He doesn't seem to be able to grasp people and tell consistent long-term stories that keep the talent happy. Right. I mean, we look what happened with Lufisto and and the women's division, the comments she made and look, you know, she got, she got buried, but she is not the first person that I've spoken to in that company that has said very similar things. She's the first person maybe outside of like a big swole to publicly say things like that. But it's not uncommon, right? Backstage to hear people talking about that. And didn't Sheeta say something
2: as well? She didn't go like that in depth, but I feel like at one point she had said some stuff too. And then we didn't see her on TV for months. Who, Big Swole? months. No, uh, Sheeta. Oh, Sheeta.
1: Oh, um, I, don't I thought she, she said something. She may have. I, I don't know. But <laughs> it wasn't it
2: wasn't as in depth as Lufisto and Big Swole. But she had made some comments. This was like maybe a year or two ago.
1: Um Yeah, I'd, I'd have I'd have to find exactly what she said. Yeah. But I, I just know in regard to Lufisto and Big Swole, those are two that spoke openly about issues there. And um And Thunder Rosa. And Thunder Rosa to a but, point. To a point. But again, I'm talking about the people that are unleashed that are not with the company that are yeah. giving really first hand uh you know, completely transparent correspondence about what they experience there. And I believe, I, I yeah. have to believe that Tony is trying to keep as many people under contract as possible right now, A, because he's got two shows to fill out, but there's too many people. I don't think Tony likes people talking. And I think there's a lot of people that are picking up paydays uh-huh. just so Tony Khan does not have to worry about them running around talking about his company. I mean, it's it just seems obvious. Oh,
2: well, me. I mean, you can tell like just his response to things. If somebody has anything negative to say who used to work there like the lufisto thing it was clear like it was so weird because obviously that came out and all of a sudden within like 5 to 10 to 20 minutes of each other all these women came out saying oh it's great oh everything's fine oh my experience and i'm like clearly you got a text from your boss saying hey i need you guys to stick up for the women's division in AEW." like i'm not saying that as fact but the timing of it all of them all coming out around the same time saying oh you know my you know my experience hasn't been like that but da da and i'm like come on guys like this looks yeah. uniformed right now like yeah
1: it, it's not it's it doesn't feel polished it doesn't feel like a big company and i do feel like that's a little bit of the reason their viewership is plateaued right now because like I think that there's, for your hardcore fans, there's a lot of weirdness and it kind of tunes people out because if what they're hearing isn't what translates to TV and to Mm -hmm. casual fans, I think they drop into this product and I don't think they know what's going on, right? I don't think the heels and faces are very clearly defined. And I think that there's a lot of like inside kind of commentary, especially on dynamite that just doesn't translate to casual fans. Collisions, a little bit more straightforward of a product, but I do think it's an issue for AEW right now. Uh, On WWE's end though, things seem to be, Fairly smooth sailing at the moment. SummerSlam has came and went. The the Bloodline stuff is starting to wear a little bit. Viewership was down on Friday by about 9%, so they didn't have a SummerSlam bounce coming out of the show. But word came out this past week that UFC, WWE, from Variety, are set to merge in mid to late September. Great news for investors. And on that note, WWE stock closed at an all-time high of $114.42 this past Friday. Um, it is also interesting to note when it comes to the merger that while Vince McMahon and Nick Kahn are going to be taking roles on the board of the new TKO Holdings Group, Paul Triple H Levesque will not. So there's your UFC <laughs> WWE merger news. Great news if you're an investor. If you got in and you bought that stock uh, when it was very low, $20, you're about to make some real, real, real nice return on that money. Absolutely. But, but do, you, do you take anything away from Triple H not being on the board of directors and Vince and Nick Khan? remaining or no does it not matter to you
2: it, it doesn't matter to me like everyone uh, i don't know if you saw the the twitter response or x response or everyone call it like everyone's like oh no triple not on the board." Of i'm like do y'all know what board? do you guys know what board of directors are or what they do like it has nothing to do with him being your uh chief creative whatever his title is uh, cco chief, chief content well, officer, chief content officer. Me. yeah um i'm like it, it has nothing to do with that i was like it just You have to understand when you're merging two companies, there's there's board members on that side, there's board members on this side. Some people are going to have to go. And it makes sense that Vincent and and, um, Khan would still be on it. But it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't make any difference to me as long as he's still chief content officer and that doesn't get touched or changed. Perfectly fine with it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Paul. He seems into it, but he doesn't seem as into it as when Vince wasn't around, right? Wait. And I think I think the board of directors sign might be a tell that like, you know, maybe maybe Paul doesn't stick around forever. Maybe he wants to go be a dad here in the next couple of years with his wife Stephanie, who's no longer, he, you know, he really has around. Young the company. Kids. He's got young kids, right? And so like not taking on that board of directors spot makes it a little bit easier for him to transition out if he chooses that he want doesn't to. want to kind of be all around so take that for what it's worth. Um, with the board of directors, just real quick this uh, grand jury subpoena and federal search warrant that got executed on Vince McMahon. Uh, I am very interested to see how that plays out because if Vince does get p- tied up in some kind of federal SEC investigation or trial while mm-hmm. this merger is going on or has just completed. I don't know how that affects things, if it affects things. It's just a weird thing to think
2: about, you know? The the whole business is weird, to be honest, because a lot of the things you feel like should affect how things run or decisions that are made don't really seem to for whatever reason. Like, Vince being investigated before, like, didn't really affect things that much, like, other than obviously uh, Triple H taking over. But, like, as far as investors go, like, they're still like making like all these like record breaking numbers and this and that. And it's like, I don't know, it would be very interesting to your point, like when you're merging with a company, like you typically don't want any bad blood on your hands, you don't want any investigations, you don't want any, you know, uh, negative light uh, type situations. So the timing of all this could be very interesting. So I guess we'll see. But
1: well, we'll run through here now a couple of the WWE highlights from the TV shows. Um, us start on Friday on SmackDown real quick. Uh, Edge challenged Sheamus to a match this Friday on SmackDown in Toronto. Last year at this time, he teased coming back to Toronto to do his final match. Maybe this could be all. Rey Mysterio, he defeated Austin Theory for the WWE US title. And at the end of the show, Jey Uso officially quit the WWE and has been moved to the alumni section. Uh, I'll start. I'll do a one, two, three. I... I find it difficult to think Edge is going to be retiring after this match against Sheamus, but since he's not tied to anything, I'll give it a 50-50 shot. Happy for Ray. I think Ray with the U.S. title, Dominic with the North American Championship, seems like a layup of a title versus title match, maybe even a unification match, you know, if we've got too many belts. Because, right, North American, U.S. title, basically the same thing. Um, and then as far as Jay goes, I, you know what? I want to, I want to be on the hook for the bloodline stuff right now, but it didn't grab me. I I'm sorry. It, it, it's, I think they jumped the shark. I think I, I didn't want to agree about the Cody stuff and, and maybe it still was the right decision to have Roman be Cody, but I cannot get my head out of a universe that Cody Rhodes is the dominant babyface champion and Roman reigns and the bloodline are just, doing their thing without anybody needing to be involved or any titles. I I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't hit for me like it used to.
2: Yeah. Um one uh Ray, I was a little shocked to be honest with you I wanted Santos to win. Um so I was a little shocked. It was Ray, but it's Ray, right? Like I mean, I'm happy for the man. The man's what, 39 and no, 40 47? 8
1: 800 47, years old. He's he's a vampire. <laughs>
2: uh it's never a bad idea to put a title on ray um your unification comment's interesting because obviously north american titles in nxt um i figured they were doing this more so to do the survivor series title versus title match with dominic and his dad uh that's where i figured they're going with it uh but eventually i kind of do want um santos to get it at hoping ray just wants to put santos over at some point himself which would be awesome um, so they never really got to finish their match, so you know, Santos would bring that up and say, "Hey, like, I want to fight you. You know, I, I respect you." So we'll see um, the bloodline situation. Um, obviously, Jay quitting, guys. It's it's part of the storyline. First, of fucking all, like, yes, everybody is just like, oh, he really quit. I'm like, guys, when someone quits WWE, just go back to Sasha and Trent. Uh, when someone quits WWE, especially, let's say it was a shoot. If, if they say he was shooting and say, I quit, I quit on TV and it wasn't planned, what they're not going to do is keep the camera panned on this man while everyone chants his name as he's walking out going deuces, oozes. Like, he, come on, guys. It took them six months to get Sasha and Naomi off the WWE roster page. Within minutes, Jey Uso's moved to the alumni.
1: Like, come on, guys. Like, let's. <clears throat> Their head that's here. the thing. It's like, it's it's all obviously storyline. It's just, does yeah. the storyline grab you? And to me, it not doesn't.
2: really. I'm kind yeah. of trying to see where they're going with it, because I'm like, is this to bring someone else in, to bring Jay back? Like, I don't know if they jumped the shark per se. I'm not going to use that, just because everyone keeps using it on Twitter, and it's driving me nuts. Um, I feel like Paul saying, you were at the press conference with me at SummerSlam, and he's talking about how we're at the bottom of the third, and I'm like, Bottom of the fucking third. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I was like, can we be at like the seventh inning stretch? Like, I,
1: <laughs> and by like, the way, I ha- I hated that question. And all of you who aggregated the response and made it a big deal, I hate you too. We <laughs> go to these press conferences to get actual information about the business, not some right. fucking storyline question that leads Hold to on. a storyline comment. That question. Who was it? Wasn't what it AJ,
2: the little, the little kid? No, AJ's.
1: No, it was, I it was believe, I don't want to say who it was. I don't know to bury him. I actually like who asked it. No, AJ asked some, some fucking question about if the bloodline's breaking up or whatever. I'm not a huge fan of children in the press scrum either, Stop as much as me. I love you, AJ. Hello, You're a wonderful no. child. So but adults good. asking hard questions is what I'm into the press scrum for. And when I get bypassed for an eight-year-old asking some storyline stuff, I'm sorry. I don't think it's in the spirit of what a press conference is supposed to be. All right, go ahead. Sorry. sorry.
2: And Nick has spoken. Um, yeah. First of all, AJ, I love you. Don't listen to that. Nice kid. Um, no, but... uh, So, anyway. Uh, he's talking about we're in the bottom of the third. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, look. I, I like the Bloodline story just as much as anybody else. But it seems like... I- it seems like they're trying to figure out what their next move is. Even though this is a, a well-planned out storyline. So, I'm yeah. just kind of like... Where are we going here? Like, you know, you have Jimmy saying he stopped him because he doesn't want to be corrupt. But just like I told Steve on our on our show, I was like, if, if I love somebody, if you're my twin and you're my brother, you're my sibling, I want to see you succeed. If my concern is you being corrupt, then you stay by his side and make sure he doesn't become corrupt. But you don't stop him from winning and, and being the guy. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So I'm like, there has to be either more to it Jay's now saying he's done with WWE, and I'm like, why? What did WWE do? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I'm kind of just trying to see where it's going. <sighs> All right. I don't know. I don't All right.
1: know. Well, we are a little short on time here. I'll do a real quick run through of what happened on uh, Raw, and then we're going to dive on into this interview with Baron Corbin. Uh, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura is coming down the pipe. We don't know where. We don't know when. Rollins said uh, Nakamura could pick the time. Piper Nevin has declared herself the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion alongside Chelsea Green, Drew McIntyre, and Matt Riddle. Somehow Drew is in the tag team picture now and is going to take on New Day in a number one contenders match next week. I think the collective groan you just heard from Stephanie and I says it all. (laughs) And Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus had a very physical confrontation on Raw that's going to lead to a steel cage match somewhere down the road. All right, Stephanie, I'm going to drop you out right now. We'll come back on the other side of this interview to wrap up the show. But ladies and gentlemen, right now, here it is, my conversation with WWE NXT Superstar, Baron Corbin. Dick Hasman here for House of Wrestling. I am on the WWE SummerSlam Media Row, and at this time I am joined by WWE Superstar, Baron Corbin. Baron, thank you so much for taking the time.
3: Absolutely, happy to be here. You are
1: crushing it right now in NXT. A lot of pe- you've won a lot of people over like people that used to kind of be like Baron Corbin haters I feel like are coming around and starting to speak
3: your praises. How, how does that feel on your end? Uh, it's weird. It's weird to kind of because I, I feel this, this shift. I hear the shift that people like getting behind me. And actually, like you when know, I see a lot of times, they're like, oh, you know, Baron deserves this or like dude is super underappreciated or hasn't got his due. Um, it feels good because I put a lot of, of hard work into the last eight or nine years on main roster television uh, i've I poured my heart and soul into characters that are just ridiculous and and people held on for the ride man and they were a part of it and i, I think that i'm getting appreciation now for all of that when at the time i was doing it it was all hatred so it's kind of cool it, it's fun to get a different reaction it's created a different buzz especially on social media i mean i even had one of the writers you know tell me they heard that uh, you know my name had been creating a ton of buzz online, which is great, Okay, yeah. that's the goal, obviously, and to keep yourself uh, on the main stage and going down to NXT and getting to do a character that is 100% me. Uh, I think people are appreciating that. Well, you're doing so good at winning people over. I couldn't help but
1: notice at the Bash, you and Gable Steveson, it was kind of like WrestleMania 13, Bret Steve, Double Turn. People seem to cheer you, boo him. What was your reaction to the reaction that the fans gave your your match?
3: You know, it was wild. Uh, when my music hit and they got a new music, and they, I think because a lot of people wanted that for me. A lot of people wanted the new music. Uh, they wanted the new character. Uh, a lot of people who appreciate what I do are tied all the way back to Lone Wolf. And they want to see that again. And they're going to get that attitude for sure. Um, it's just going to be presented how I would present it. And um, when my music hit, I got that kind of, 50 50, like, we're booing you because we boo you, but also got like a good cheer. But by the time the match had started, it it was 100% for me and and 100% not into what he was doing. Um, I thought I had a chance to be able to turn it back the other way, and I just, it got to a point where I was like, I can't fight it. I need otherwise, they're just going to hate this. So let's just go and and let them have fun. And uh, they were definitely behind me. It was awesome
1: was the reaction backstage after this are they re- are, are they looking at you differently now when the fans start you know reacting to you differently
3: i have no idea what they're thinking uh main roster wise uh what they see what they want to do um but i think in nxt that the greatest thing about being around sean and uh russo who, who's the head writer there they're not gonna fight any they're gonna just let me do me and if people love it they're gonna love it and i'm not gonna change and go okay hey look i'm a good guy now like cheer for me i'm gonna do me and the crowd is gonna decide and i think they're starting to it was weird like i did a show in paris and it was the greatest reaction of my entire dude that was awesome it almost brought a tear to my eye it was so surreal because to me that was a culmination of 10 years of hard work and it was like it will forever be ingrained in my mind and body when i debuted in dallas a hundred thousand people like we talk about that feeling and searching for that feeling again Cause you can't replicate it like I don't know if we'll ever be able to replicate what happened in Paris because it was so surreal um, but that was kind of the beginning and so now it kind of feels good people are appreciating what I'm doing and, and Sean like, like I said is not gonna make us choose evil or good or whatever he's gonna let the fans decide and, and then uh, it's organic if like you think about all like the Kofi mania the Daniel Bryant stuff that was all organic that was the people buying into you know Kofi and to Daniel and, and it was special because it was organic and i think we might get something like that now and it could be really cool so last question here just to kind of take a step back what
1: was your reaction to being asked to come to nxt after spending so many years on the
3: main roster um i saw it as an opportunity really um when they talked to me i was a free agent so i was doing some raw i was doing some smackdown camera grimes a little bit we were kind of intertwining all these things and i was asked hey you know, would you mind like it was kind of one of those things like, you know, what are your thoughts? Would you, you want to go back to NXT and, and just run a quick program and be back? And I was like, absolutely. Like I'm not in anything on main roster TV right now because we're trying to get new guys established. We're trying to figure out a new rhythm, if you will, like Hunter's brought a new life to WWE and a new energy and, you know, he's finding places for, for guys and, and he knows what he has with me. He knows what I can do. and so. It's great for him to allow me, if you will, to step back and, and go to NXT and get these opportunities to reestablish myself, rebuild myself a little, and kind of do what I want to do. So when I Hunter has the idea or whatever it is for me on the main roster, you know we're at 100%. We're rocking and rolling. So being down there, I'm trying to fight to stay there a little bit. You know I want to let let the audience up top have a break for me. Um, let me work with these guys let me develop some guys because then when I come back up maybe I bring a couple guys with me it could be something like that like You're talking about a possible faction i mean it'd be awesome like you know there's guys down there you look at like Ilya you look at Braun, that' another one there's some guys down there with just massive talent and i think you know maybe those are guys you grab on and go hey come with me let's let's do something you never know and like, uh, I think you could do some special things with, with guys like that so my eyes are open for any opportunity
1: Dude, but with people by you, you're not a lone wolf. You'd be a wolf pack.
3: Right? Well, I mean, we, we buried the lone wolf. So he's dead and gone. He's, he's buried with happy Corbin. Um,
1: the LWO can come back. So can the wolf yeah, pack. Yeah, I'm just that's saying.
3: True. That's true. It could be. It'd be awesome, right? I was, I'm here in Detroit. We went yesterday. and We're at the Pistons place. And all you hear about is the bad boys. The bad boys. I was like, man, that'd be a dope name for a wrestling group, too. Baron, I thank you so much for the time. So, Best of
1: all right. There was my conversation with Baron Corbin from WWE SummerSlam weekend. Stephanie, I'm on the hook. I want the Wolfpack to come back. I'm personally in. Let's you make know? it happen.
2: Let's make All it right. happen.
1: All right, everybody. That is it. I am running off right now to get uh, some very minor minor spinal, surger- spinal surgery done. Uh, so I apologize for wrapping things up just a little tight here. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday. I'm going to be joined by Stephanie's partner of crime, the Muppet himself, Kermit the Frog. Steve fall will be in the house talking to me. We will also be joined by Montez Ford. I'll be airing my summer weekend conversation with him. And if you like the show, please visit house of house of wrestling on podcast on your podcast feed, wherever you can find us. The Corbin interview will be up on our YouTube channel this afternoon. Stephanie, uh, where do you want to find, uh, send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things.
2: Uh, Twitter at Stephanie hypes, Instagram at Stephanie hypes with two S's. And of course, 10 count media with Steve fall. Uh, we're doing great things over there. We're just starting. We're not, you know, House, house of Wrestling uh, levels, but we are doing some great
1: things, so just check us out. Well, come on in, everybody, every Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern here on Premier Streaming Network. Join us inside House of Wrestling. For now, though, please grab your coat, grab your shoes, get on out the door, but remember, you're welcome back anytime.